0: Welcome to UK Rail Journeys, Series 1. In this series I travel to North West Wales with the Steam Dreams Rail Company on their Welsh Dragon Tour. Episode 15, it's our last day and we leave our hotels by coach and travel to the station, where we take the train along the North Wales coast on our journey towards Crewe. But first, I talk to our two intrepid travellers. Originally, when this holiday was put together, we were going to travel up the west coast of Wales all the way to Puelly, but unfortunately, somebody drove a dumper truck into a bridge last week... And the track was moved, so a train of our weight couldn't proceed up the line. Which meant that at the very last minute, a day on the train had to be organised. And we were going from Shrewsbury to Crewe, which I think would normally
1: take about 20 minutes, but we found a route that took four and a half hours. How did you find it? Different. Four and a half hours on the train on a Sunday afternoon was, you know, this is a train holiday. We don't mind if we're on the train four and a half hours or, or five or ten hours, because that's, that, that's what it is. We discovered this late on, on Saturday night, and lo and behold, we departed from Shrewsbury. Four and a half hours later, we, we turned up in crew. One of the great things was, to compensate, Steam drinks were exceptional. Normally, we don't get any food. We have to buy our own food on these trips. We don't travel in the dining section. But Steam Dreams, to the credit, gave us a full three-course champagne lunch yesterday, of which we were very grateful, most surprised, and it was lovely. And thank you, Steam Dreams, because it was very much appreciated by all the poor people down in the class in which we travel, <laughs> all ten of us. Did you find the route interesting? Um, well, of course, we'd done half the route on, on Saturday um, back to Gloucester, and then we went through Cheltenham, and then we came onto the outskirts of Birmingham. And Birmingham isn't really my fa- most favourite city in the world, uh, I have to say. There are better places to go through, and it looked pretty grim, as it always does. And uh, The highlight, I think, was going through Birmingham New Street Station, which was a first for me, because every time I've been there, I've, always, I've had to stop, as 99% of people do. And we went right through the middle, and people were standing aghast. Who are these people in this dining <laughs> train? And all of a sudden, there were flash flashlights going off and everything. So um, the die-hard train enthusiast must have got something from somewhere. But we did arrive at Crew on time, well within sort of ten minutes. Um, or oh, I forgot to say, the, um, half an hour into the journey at Craven Arms yesterday, the engine caught fire, but they managed to put it out. And whatever they did, we got going again, and we arrived in Crew in about ten minutes late.
0: I think i better explain the Craven Arms bit because people might think, because it's steam dreams, that it was a steam engine that caught fire. It was actually a diesel engine that had a fire in one of its traction motors. But they put it out, they isolated it, and after 25 minutes we were able to proceed on our way.
1: My uncle, who is now in California and has been over there for 40 years, he used to be a signalman and he used to be at Hampton Court Junction. So it was quite interesting seeing Birmingham New Street signal box, <laughs> which was difficult. I've never seen one of those. And the one in Shrewsbury, which unfortunately I didn't get a picture of.
0: It's a very high profile signal box in Shrewsbury. The big one at the south end, supposed to be the biggest manual single mm. box in the world with 180 levers. Mm-hmm. The one at the other end, which is nobody ever talks about, it's got a mere 120 levers.
1: <laughs> I think both are listed, and Network yes. Rail won't get rid of them because no. they know there will be such.
0: But but you look at Shrewsbury Station, and you've got that beautiful set of junctions, and everything goes round that signal box. It does, it's yeah. quite fascinating. Anyway, you got to crew bundled on a coach, and a couple of hours later, we arrived in Carnarvon. And so our final day starts. Beautiful morning as we take the coach trip to the station. Short stop on our coach journey to admire the magnificent scenery. The opportunity for a photo stop as we travel towards our train. The roads in this part of the world are pretty narrow, so we have to keep slowing down to allow people to pass coming the other way. And interestingly, our coach driver has stopped a couple of times to allow the traffic behind him to get past. He's a gentleman. Joined our train at Thandidno Junction. The train crossed the points for the short branch down to Thandidno just before reaching the station. The junction acts as a junction for trains going to Thandidno and along the Conwy Valley Line, opened on the 16th of June 1863. This line runs for 27 miles to Blanau Festiniog. A station first opened here on the 1st of October 1858 and the current station on the 1st of October 1897. Over the years the station has been remodelled and re-signalled with the current power signal box opening in 1985. 301,000 passengers used the station in 2019-20 and a further 117,672 passengers changed trains here. We leave the station, a minute late. We passed over the A470, the 186 mile trunk road running from Cardiff to Conwy, before crossing the junction for the Conwy Valley Line. We next pass near to the site of the closed Mokhtra and Parba station, which opened on the 1st of April 1889. It then closed on the 1st of January 1917 for austerity reasons during World War One, and reopened on the 5th of May 1919, finally closing on the 5th of June 1931. When the line was moved in 1983, the site of the old station was covered by the A55, which is also known as the North Wales Expressway. The next station is Colwyn Bay, and it's open. It straddles a curved section of track and so the track bed has a camber and stopping trains tilt significantly. A few years ago fuel oil spilled from the overfilled tanks of a diesel engine seeped through the track bed and polluted the nearby beach. The station is equipped with ticket barriers. There are special blue lights in the toilets to stop people abusing drugs. There's a footbridge, sheltered seating and lifts to provide step-free access to each side of the station. The station was used by 271,000 passengers in 2019-20 and 635 people changed trains here. Next as we travel along this stretch we pass the site of old Colwyn station closed to passengers on the 1st of December 1952. The station, about a mile east of Colwyn Bay station, opened because of the demand by holidaymakers from the industrial cities of Liverpool, Manchester and the West Midlands. We passed through more closed stations, the first at Chats which opened in August 1862 and closed in January 1931. The second is at Villeth, which was opened between July 1889 and December 1952. We next reach Abingaleir and Pensan station. When it opened in 1848, it was just named Abingaleir. The Pensan being added after it was rebuilt in 1883. The station is convenient for the sea, and in 1935 and 1936 it hosted two LMS camping carriages, which increased to three from 1937 to 39. British Railways placed nine camping carriages here between 1954 and 1971. On the 20th of August 1868, the Irish Mail hauled by the locomotive Prince of Wales collided with some runaway goods wagons which were on the running line between this and the next station going west. At the time of the crash, it's estimated that the Irish Mail was doing about 30 miles an hour and that the wagons were travelling at 12 to 15 miles an hour in the opposite direction. The speed wasn't the cause of the catastrophe. Two of the runaway wagons carried 50 wooden barrels of paraffin oil. That's about 1,700 gallons. Some of the barrels broke in the collision and caught fire. The engine, the tender, the guards van and the first three passenger carriages were instantly on fire, which prevented any immediate attempt to rescue the occupants. There were more than a dozen casualties coinage, gold and silver melted in the heat and the deceased were only identified from their possessions. The Irish mail with the remaining passengers continued on its journey later that day. In 2019-20, passenger numbers increased by 2,500 to 76,000. We now run through the closed station at Verid. Stations serving this location have had a check at history. The station first opened on the 5th of October 1858 and then closed on the 20th of April 1885. A new station opened on the 11th of May 1885, which closed on the 2nd of July 1917. It reopened after the First World War Austerity measures on the 1st of July 1919. It then closed again on the 5th of January 1931, only to reopen on the 4th of June 1938, with a different name, Kinmel Bay Halt. Just over three months later, on the 10th of September 1938, the station closed again, only to reopen on the 19th of June 1939. This reopening was again short. It closed for the final time on the 2nd of September 1939. Next we pass over the junction for the closed Vale of Cloyde Railway, which connected ryl to St Asaph. Passing through ryl Railway Station, the town, still a popular holiday destination, although violent crime and sexual offences in the town have risen every year since 2016. According to the figures, it is one of the most violent and deprived areas in the whole of England and Wales. The trend only stopped during the recent lockdowns when the nighttime economy shut down. In 2019-20, the number of passengers using the station reduced to 504,000. Next, the closed junction for Disearth Mineral Railway, which was built to carry quarried stone and coal. The line closed in September 1973. The current Prostatin station was built in the 1890s. British Railways unsuccessfully tried to close the station in the 1960s. However, the station was rationalised and has remained operational. In 1979, the station was renovated and is used by services from Cardiff Central, Birmingham International and Manchester to Holyhead and Forthlandet, with West Coast mainline trains to Euston. Our journey progresses through the closed stations at Talacra Mostyn and Hollywell Junction. All victims of Dr Beeching in 1966. The Italian 8 station building, now used as a private home, and the signal box at Hollywell Junction are both Grade 2 listed. Our next still open railway station is Flint, which in July 2008 was voted best in the UK. I wonder how many people cast their votes in that competition because the station in 2019 20 was only used by 264,000 passengers. Another of Dr. Beeching's victims comes at Connors Quay Station, open on the 1st of September 1870. At Shotten, we cross the Borderlands line, which runs from Bidston on the Wirral to Wrexham Central. The station at Shotten has two sections in High Level serving the Borderlands Line and we pass through the low level station serving the North Wales Coast Line. In 2019 20 the station was used by 200,402 passengers, a drop of 13,012 on the previous year. This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and the teams from Steam Dreams and West Coast Railways for making this podcast possible. Join me in a couple of weeks for the next episode. And thank you very much for listening.